You unlock this door with the key of imagination. Beyond it is another dimension. A dimension of sound. A dimension of sight. A dimension of mind. You're moving into a land of both shadow and substance, of things and ideas. You've just crossed over into the Twilight Zone. Transmission will start in five seconds from now. Five, four, three, two, one. Welcome to Waffle Arm Podcast. My name is Simon Meddings. And I'm at MC Kelly. And uh, welcome back to the show. We've had a month off, haven't we, Carl? It's, yes, which has been good because it, it was so motherfucking hot. <laughs> we would have dogged doing this podcast, oh, wouldn't we? Absolutely. And you know, people in America can go, you don't know hot, but for us, that's hot. Twenty Up above 24 in England is bloody hot. It was, and also I weren't here. I'd, uh, I jollied off to... Um, Bruges, yeah, and yeah, in Bruges holiday. I yeah, did have a day in Bruges. You weren't quite like that. It was uh, oh, no, it was, it was Isla like the dwarf, and then you <laughs> and you were the uh, you were Colin, you I was like Colin Murray, Colin, Colin Farrell, and uh, yeah, very good. I said, well, no, it was like, yeah, we watched in Bruges two days before we went, and uh, so and thankfully, I do have quite a good memory. Uh, you said for, you, for, you for, saw for, some of the weeks, didn't you? I've still got you all of them, yeah. I went the around, tower, you look at the tower. Well, I saw that, yeah, the um, the Balfour, we didn't go up it. Could you, again, could you go up here? Yeah, but he was just like 320 odd steps and I couldn't really be bothered. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and I saw the playground where they had their chat when he goes to kill himself. Yeah, yeah. Um, found a hotel, um, found where Ray Fiennes leans over to shoot him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's good. Yeah, and I do like him, Bruges, must admit. It's good. That's, that's a bit of Sonia'd love that film. Mm. Twist, what, didn't that like it? Hmm? Did Natalie like it? Yeah, she did actually. Because yeah. she's not just really, I mean, it's quite swearing, isn't it? It is, but I think there's more to the film, isn't there? More than anything. And of course, the woman in it as well, it was also, she was also in Harry Potter. Yeah, but I think, that, I think it's the things like that, that swearing is part of the, part of, it's part of it, isn't it? That's well, part of, we've, uh, had, we've had been stereotyped, and I hate to sound stereotypical, but I, I've had many a conversation with many an Irishman, and many an F word is used. Yeah. <laughs> it's just part, part of their language, it's isn't it? Language, it's part know. of their language, it's like Australian, isn't it? Yeah. My granddad used to swear. Well you know, I told you, my granddad, yeah. right, you little fucker. That's what you said to me. That's twice now I'm going to have to do beef on it. Why? Because we, we're not iTunes. Oh, explicit. God's sake. <laughs> you little fecker then. <laughs> <laughs> no, I won't. I'll leave it in. But apologies to anyone who's a bit natural, I don't care. So you don't really care. I don't, don't really care. Or just try to sound professional. Which is a laugh. Okay, so, um, what, what, account, what are we talking about today? We're talking about that. Uh, I was needy, did the music. Oh. But we need to talk about that, don't we? We do. Uh, we're doing... Uh, 
it's basically the first season of the Twilight Zone, but really it's about the Twilight Zone. So Twilight Zone and other things like that. Yeah, you know, so far, you yeah. know what we like. We kind of like basically all on the first season, series season yeah. of the Twilight Zone. But we're gonna but be forced, Cal, be forced, be, be forced. Yeah, I think there's a reason why I said that, I and mean, yeah. we'll come clear. We've got a couple of emails. The first one's from Brad. Oh. We've got in touch with us before, if you remember. Um, well, there's another kaleidoscope event going on. Oh, you're a, um, a waffling event. Yeah, week. yeah. So if you're a fan of um, retro TV, classic TV, this really is worth going to if you can get there. It's in Stadbridge. It's on Saturday the 6th of September, which is in, by the time this gets released, uh, just a couple of weeks' time. And it's in celebration of Booster. This is what Brad said. He goes, hi, mate. Hope you're well. Here are the details of the next Kaleidoscope event in Stadbridge on the Saturday 6th of September. Uh, I'll be there with a few mates, let me know if you can make it. Unfortunately, I can't make it because I'm in Wales that weekend. And all the weekends are oh, good there. typical, isn't it? But uh, Brad very kindly give us the link, which I will put in the show notes. Uh, basically, it's uh, www.kaleidoscopearchive.co.uk. So if you just type that in, you'll get to their main website and have a look. Um, the the lineup looks really good. It really does look interesting. Again, if you're a fan of BBC2 and if you're a fan of Retro TV, this is really worth going. So thank you so much, Brad. So sorry I can't be there, but I've asked him to keep letting me know when the next events are on because I really do want to go. I know that is such a, your your street, isn't it? Our next email is from Rob K. Only one email from Rob Cal. Um, oh, there might have been two. Um, this is basically what he says: Hello, Mum. Goosey over tonight as we're playing Risk tonight. If you're still going shops, can you get me ingredients for spaghetti bolognese? Spaghetti, meaty, pagu. Thanks, I'm upstairs in my room. No girls alive. Always been looking at your photo on your website. Kelly Man has lovely eyes. That was from Bob Kerr. God, that's very strange. Though. You, saying, you don't know if that was meant to be a real one or what, was he he's shopping this? I'm not too sure about that. Yeah, because I, 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 you know, I gotta say, if he's made up character, it's amazing. Hmm. Because his wrong use of English is amazing. I couldn't sit down and write gobbledygook like, like that because you wouldn't know what to write. But he, is, he does it really well. It's just like one letter off or something. <laughs> he's either yeah. really, really posh, yeah, and he's doing this, or he has gut issues. Yeah, um, he, 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 okay, but... probably a bit of both. <laughs> yeah, that could be. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this next one uh, is from Gaz Irwin. Uh, hi guys, really looking forward to the next episode, although I don't know what it's going to be. About as the copy of your show I got from iTunes just randomly ended mid-sentence. That was the void one. I had to re-upload that. I don't know what happened there. It didn't happen to everyone, it only happened to some. So, uh, Enjoyed Bob Kay's nonsense, although he says his current job involves collecting litter for the council. Sounds an awful lot like community service to me. Yeah, yeah that's a good point, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah we don't want that. And this one, this final one here from John Simmons. Hey guys, I really enjoyed the show. I know you keep mentioning it, but I can't wait for your Star Wars uh, and The Office podcasts. Keep up the good work from John. Yeah, really, we're talking about we are, you know, The Office one, we are going to do, just because it's one of our favourite all time TV yeah, programs. Yeah, we do, we do that. And time. there's some news to stall about, isn't there, at the moment? I know. The, so the Office film, so. I think that's probably going to be maybe our October one, because you're going to be away for, t- for maybe one, at least one episode right here. Yeah, well, I'm definitely going to, well, definitely one. And it might be two. It definitely won't be more than two, but it'll definitely be one. And we don't know about it. So on the next issue of podcast, uh, me and Pete Coleman are doing uh, a podcast. (laughs) Pete, you hope you shoot. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's you, King Pete. Uh, So yeah, we're um, uh, me and Pete are are doing a podcast all about uh, racing films. So uh, and we're going to incorporate even Days of Thunder. 
Which of course I'm going to rip the shit out of. Yeah. But we're going to talk about, um, you know, uh, it's called Le Mans, Grand Prix, uh, we'll talk about Senna, and we'll whack, talk about. Wacky uh, races. No, we'll talk about huh? wacky races. No, live action. Oh, I, am, I do want to talk about Cannonball. Yeah, <laughs> go talk about the Cannonball, Ron, yeah? You can't talk about that. It's amazing. That's the first time I remember cars, really. Look at them two girls in that really Lamborghini. Mum, 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 why do I like them? So is that the first time you actually looked at the car? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically, wow. you're looking at the headlamps. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and now, so if you're back then, I think we'll do The Office. Yeah, because there's one thing we know we can do mm. that. Because we were obsessed with that at the time. And, no, that... and then we've got to do our commentary on Phantom Menace. Yeah, we are going to do that. So... Christmas one. No, I, no, I don't want to do that as Christmas. I want well, to do that'd be a lot of bad cheer then for us before Christmas. Mm. No, I want, well, do, I want to do Die Hard for Christmas. Yeah, that's your favourite Christmas movie, isn't it? That and It's a Wonderful Life. Yeah. There's no way we're going to do It's a Wonderful Life. Again. Do you love Home Alone? It's my favourite Christmas movie. Though. I do like Home Alone, actually. Yeah, it's just really violent as well. It's just ridiculously violent. Yeah. I will say. Anyway, yeah, long yeah. way to go yet. So, anyway, we're talking about Twilight Zone and Cal. What do we normally do? We normally we... play the theme tune. Oh, no, this is a bit of a problem, isn't it? Um, so, we're going to play. Um, the original theme tune from season one, done by Bernard Herman. And here's that. people remember it by is it that's just kind of like a melancholy although it fits very well with the show definitely uh, it's an interesting thing isn't it because I told you when I first bought this recently hmm. about four months ago so I was I, put, oh, I can't wait and get on turn that music up full blast and get me in the mood for it right. and it doesn't happen and you're no. thinking because we never saw that over here we only saw from no. season two didn't we or the show afterwards with that music put on it didn't they yeah so um, that's the worst thing about that is you're thinking oh I'll, but it's got my music no, so it's got it's a bit of it's all, incidental it's like, I had to get you to carry on talking about it because I had one of those irritating phone calls that come for, from uh, and just, just a warning to everybody I might as well say my contract for my phone's ended oh, it's now ended Oh, and every day, you know, five or six calls. I'm Christmas service is brilliant at the moment, isn't it? Oh yeah, lovely. Yeah, yeah. Well, you can fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> go to pay as you go. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, no, it is a little bit when you when you explain it. But I think again, this is what me and you were talking about earlier on. I I've only ever seen really probably I've seen quite a few black and white episodes of the Twilight Zone, but going back and watching the first series, there's only two 
Well, there's only one of the first season I remember, which is the Burgess Meredith one. Yeah. Uh, I don't know any of the others. Oh, I don't. It'd be, it'd be interesting. Uh, you know, there's got to be someone out there who's a big fan of this. And I know people in the States are going to be mad at this because a lot of people bought up on this, weren't they? Absolutely. Mm. So I'd love to know. I don't know if we ever got them in sequence because in Britain we very rarely got things in sequence. Mm. So I don't know if it was ever... I don't know if they sort of mixed episodes together. Yeah, yeah. Because I think that was a lot going on, weren't they? Because I have never saw it on the TV without the music of you. No, no. And the thing is as well, is that, and I don't know about you, but now season two has been the theme tune came in that we generally know, uh, which was by Marius Constant, although not credited at the time. And should we play that one now? Yeah, okay, yeah, so yeah. This, because, this is series two theme tune. <laughs> Tones of it, and you know, you know, but I that's although I know it and I recognize it, it's not. I don't think, and I'm talking about me now, I don't know if I don't think that's the theme tune we were brought up on. The theme tune I think we were brought up on was the 1985 yeah, introduction. You know, that when you said this at lunchtime, I was I've been thinking about this afternoon, and you it's hard to say because your young mind is jumbled, isn't it? Yeah, especially when you get to 41, like we're exactly. <laughs> and you, you remember. How you think you remember, if you know what I mean. Mm. What you actually remember is... You said, well, you, you remember, do you remember, I remember the original music? Yeah, well, you, you can't then you start questioning all yourself. you remember when you said... Yeah, yeah. Now, I think we remember this 1985 series, right? Because it's quite more... And the reason why that is, you might like this, this was actually composed by Jerry Garcia. And it was performed. Jerry Garcia? Jerry Garcia. And uh, Grateful Dead? And it was performed by the Grateful Dead. No way! Yes way, sir. And here's that thing, Jim. <laughs>
that's not a bad magazine. Now I'm also going to throw in at the very end of it. You know, you know, like we like to add a little treat, don't we? Sometimes, mm. if we can, if we can right. be bothered. Um, I don't. I think there was one that avoided. I'm not sure. I'm going to play at the end of this episode purely for the fact it's got a sample of that in Defcon One. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because that's the reason why I like Defcon One. By yeah. Pablo itself, because it had the theme tune in it. Oh, I can say it's one of the most iconic bits of music. That and Jaws and Psycho. And Hawaii Five-O. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, no, you're right. You're right. It's more memorable than Ooh. Hawaii than the series Hawaii Five-O. I can tell you one storyline in Hawaii Five-O. <laughs> Could you? Name one. No, storyline. But, but I always remember this. Exactly, and I think the Twilight Zone's like that. That's stuck in you. I think you went around anyone in Britain or America that know that music, that know where it comes from. Talk about iconic theme music just just for a moment. Mm. Uh, Very sad news about James Garner dying. Yeah, like I said, I didn't didn't watch, I watched the Rockford Files. Mm, I loved the Rockford Files. Because I remember that, because it had the first. what do you call it? Answer phone? Answer phone. I don't think he was the very first answer. That's what I mean. the first one you ever saw. I thought Bloody Hell America's really space age. This is where all my love for America come up from. Bloody hell, look what they got in America. <laughs> I just thought, yeah, I thought everyone had them. I just, you know, assumed everyone lived like that. It's like assumed everyone lived like uh, different strokes. I thought everyone lived like a massive... A very massive, small black guy. Yeah, in a massive <laughs> mansion. You know what I mean? It's like everyone had mansions on the TV, didn't they? Pinky Hughes in it, you know, like in Home Cosby, Alone. Cosby Show. Everyone had, yeah. yeah. My God, everyone, yeah, you go there, you think something like that. That house from Home Alone was using the light John Hughes film. Yeah, 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 they thought that's what everyone loved. When, when Steve Martin's character comes back from planes, trains and automobiles, you get the only thing. Hold on a I minute, mean, you've got two, <laughs> one, two kids. How many bedrooms do you need? Because I'll tell you what, that window tax must be really yeah, yeah. high. <laughs> I think that's all the same same house John Hughes has okay, and I think it was a, definitely a thing of the time I and mean, if it was aspirational weren't it oh, it's the 80s wasn't it no it's where we come from our houses weren't like that were they no. something we saw neighbours it was like that and I, I knew as well that I was never going to be like Michael J Fox in Secret of My Success no god I love Heather Slayer yeah yeah that's a really good film that is it, I, I bought it on DVD it's a really good film I've had two versions of Spies Like Us as well <laughs> well I bought I bought the normal well, one right, and I bought Region Region 1 I bought Region 2 and then I bought Region 1. Actually, what? No, it was a mistake because I got Region 2 for my birthday. And you know, you're just thinking, I ain't got spies like this, I might buy that. And I bought it. And I'm like, what the hell? Go out. Because it's got four minutes extra. But I don't know if it's four minutes extra because it's on Region 1 or Region 2. Mm. Anyway, pointless. Yeah. Um, so let, let's get back to the, um, the Twilight Zone because we was in our own version of Twilight Zone. Yeah. So uh, originally it started in 1959. Now, this season, there was five seasons. From 1959, which is the ones that we, we're going to kind of talk about. We're not going to go into great detail because one is, you know, there's, there's a lot too of, many many of them. And the thing is, everyone's so different. Yeah, they're always trying to say a different points or a different model. Well, there's 156 episodes during that, for, for five seasons, right? Which is quite a lot. It really is a lot. So it was um, it was created and presented by Rod Serling. Um, now, I've got to say about Rod Serling. Now, he's an interesting fella. Again, a little bit like. Um, what's his name? Gene Roddenberry, I think. Very Definitely. much ahead of his time. Very much a groundbreaker. Fought quite hard to get the Twilight Zone going. He, he served in the army. Um, and you can go on Wikipedia. I'm not going to read out Wikipedia, but you can go and find quite a lot about him. Um, walked with him because of a shot in the knees. Um, but he he was somebody who was, who was quite annoyed with product, not so much product placement, but control by commercialism. Uh, E.g., there's an episode of something where um, they had to say, "Do you want a Do you want a light?" That had to be taken out because it was sponsored by a lighter company. Bloody hell! So, it, so they didn't want anything to do with matches in it. 
And I can understand why he was quite annoyed with that. Yet when you look at your Blu-ray, your, I mean, it is an excellent Blu-ray that you've got. And it, I mean, I've got to buy it myself because I mean, the extras on there I, are I, absolutely fantastic. When I told you when I bought that, I said to Emma, when that turned up, meant he's going to say I loved it. If you're a nerd, there ain't nothing better than that bloody Blu-ray. Absolute, is that? Oh my God, you can't get more of that. It's the highest rate. It's as good quality pictures you're going to get. Oh, it's a fabulous picture. You're never going to get better monochrome than that, are you? He's got the pilot on there as well, which is which was remade again for the very first episode. I mean, the fact that there's two pilots on there, I'm not too sure it's the, the original premise of Twilight Zone is on there, but there's also a, a spot where he's talking to future Yeah, you're on about this today. Yeah. You're on about this today. And he's kind of giving a bit of a, a refer of what future episodes are before they've been done. It's funny how he talks about it, because when you go and watch it, that's what he's talking about. But again, this is a man who knew what he wanted, and when you... Think about Twilight Zone. Again, we're 40 years old. So, I mean, our Twilight Zone was the 85 Twilight Zone. And and also the movie, which we'll talk about a little bit later on, because I think I was affected by the movie. Well, I think you was as well. But I think yeah, 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 yeah. And you, I think, I don't know many people who know who Rod Serling is. This no, is the thing, I think, because it's so... Oh, like I said, it's completely... It's, it's, it's not of its time at the moment. Mm. Like, and I think that that's the thing. I think it was always on... Like I said, we're, yeah, again, we'll talk this today. We grew up in the 80s in Britain where this kind of science fiction was on everywhere. Yeah. Monday night, you'd have Battlestar Galactica. Tuesday, you'd have Star Trek. Then you'd have the Invaders and the Time Tunnel. Then what was one of the little people where they could land of the Giants. Yeah. That, you know, and, you know, the Outer Limits. What was the Every- one um, that got remade into a film with um, Matt LeBlanc? I, I, you know me, I love Lost in Space. I bloody oh, love no. Lost in Space. I really it's quite like that film. I do. I, you know, it's one of them. Yeah, I do. But that is something I've thought about buying every year. I look at it. Wait, what, the, what the Matt LeBlanc film? No, the, the series. Oh, the series. But never finished, which is irritating. With a lot of them things never finished. Oh, I love it, isn't it? Yeah, uh, and so I'm. A, so every every year I look at it, and come down in post. Am I really going to sit down and watch? 140 you know episodes. what? I, I, thought, I used to love it. I, I thought a lot about this. Yeah, I mean, I thought a lot about this. If I had, you know, money that was money money money. way to burn kind of thing. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I love buying films. And I mean, I've got loads of films I just haven't watched yet because I love selling the cellophane, which, which is slightly not. But it's like, you know, I mean, I know we joke about it, but stuff like Last of the Summer. I'm one of these people who I I want to buy Network, the Network DVD company. Yeah, you like, yeah. I love them. And there's loads of stuff on it. And Probably a good seventy-five percent of that stuff I've never heard of, but I've heard of all the actors in it. And you know, and, but they are that TV that uh, you know, when you think you should own them. Well, that like, was, you know, like the certain films that you feel you should own, but really you think they're shit. No, it's like, to be like the Wicker Man. Now I know we've had this conversation before. I'm yeah. not a great fan. I, don't get me wrong. I think it's fat. That's fair enough. It doesn't get you. I just don't. It just doesn't no, no, it. I don't think it can happen. But I appreciate. Yeah, that. you know, it's I, good. I don't own it, but I feel I should own it. But the other part of me, the, the skint part of me, goes. Well, why are you going to buy it when you're not going to watch it? Yeah. And you think, but I should have it. It's having a library, isn't it? It's it like being a big reader of fiction and not having any Shakespeare. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, it's like, point, yeah. that's part, whether you like it. Now, I'm not a massive fan of the Beatles, right? Yeah. Not a massive fan of the Beatles anyway, but I know how important they are and I've got Beatles records yeah, yeah, yeah. that I don't mind. Mm. But you sort of, there's some things, and I think to me, in sci-fi, to me, Twilight Zone is in there for that. Mm. And, and not, you know, it, it, like I said, we're going to get more into it later on, aren't we? Not every episode is amazing. No, 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 no. And they are short. 
And, and they're um, quite light. And I have to be honest, I mean, you've watched all of the first. I time. have, and like I said, I'm, I, and I'm sort of like I got through about half. That's not because of the fact I wasn't enjoying it. It's the fact that literally I was pushing myself to the limit of trying to get to watch. Oh, it's it. a lot, and there's a lot to in, every, in 22 minutes. Yeah. there's a lot to take in. I, I made I made the mistake of uh, of, of my timing was pos- choosing doing the Twilight Zone this month. Possibly was, possibly was a mistake on my part because I had to research all the mash. Six mash episodes oh, right. at the same time. But it's probably the stupid thing for me to do. But I tell you what, and I, I honestly, if I'm honest with you as well, part of me was sitting there thinking, oh, you know, am I going to enjoy this? I was the same. Do you know what I mean? And you know, you think, you know, because we've always said, me and you've always said that, the moment, and, and actually bars from here goes, nothing was saying this the other day, the moment Waffle On ever becomes, feels like it's a job. We always have this thing where we say we don't like going out, but we get out, we love it. And it's a bit like it's some just because we work back. all day, that's why, isn't it? A lot yeah. of time. The moment I think what doing Waffle On is a chore with me recording yeah, is yeah. the moment we'll knock it on the head. I've always said that. And yeah, we, did, yeah. we did it with Vickery's. We didn't enjoy doing that. No, no. And it's never been released. Um, where was I going? Oh, yeah. And I sat there and I thought, oh, gee, am I going to want to enjoy this? And you know what? The first five frames yeah. the first bit of that man walking down there and he just picks up that twig and you think what's he doing and as soon as my head went what's he doing I was hooked uh, I was hooked straight away that, a little bit of info before we go in about yeah, because I forgot to put it on yeah yeah, yeah yeah go on tragically he, only, he was 50 years old when he died I, you know I didn't know that I was going to say I was going to ask you because I don't read too much about because the point is I'm meant to be doing yeah, 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 yeah. so I thought I wonder when he's dead was he about oh, 70 or 80 was he one no, of the no tragically he was born December 25th uh, in 1924 in um, well, apologies um, people from New York if I say this wrong in Syracuse oh, right, yeah, yeah. Syracuse yeah. sorry I was, I was in there uh, in New York and he passed away June 28th um, 1975 um, that rings a bell that's my wedding anniversary that's why right. um, he's 50 in Rochester New York uh, resting place Lakeview Cemetery in uh, in New York um, yeah I mean he would work up to his up to his death I mean he was notable works for Patterns Requiem for a Heavyweight uh, The Twilight Zone obviously and Night Gallery which is another yeah uh, I've looked at that one that was his other series weren't he I, I, I don't remember any of that one yeah such a I'm just trying to look at what he um he passed away from oh yeah he, used to, oh, yeah, he died of a heart attack ultimately um, yeah what is, what is that thing heart, uh, heart attack on an operating table and died two years later but, yeah. um, but again you know that's probably the reason why a lot of people haven't haven't heard of him because I mean anything going in there before 1970 oh well like I said there's no one showing it anymore because I looked on the when I bought it I, went on the, I looked on the website I was talking about the syndicate you know who's showing it anywhere and it's not on Netflix Nope. Oh, really? This is why I love it. I love. I really love it. I love it. Yeah. I love uh, Netflix. That and all these. Irish to Cornish. Yeah, yeah. But why, when you've got all this canon of great television, yeah. do they not show it? You know why? Because all they care about is people under 30. And most people under 30. I'm not, this is not everyone. But a no, lot no, of people no. under 30 now do not like old TV. I, I, and I, this is the truth. We I were agree. saying is that we grew up. I loved old telly more mm. than Newton. You know, I always look. We always were talking about. Oh, see that thing that was on from years ago. Yeah, and it was always like that old horror, old sci-fi, sci-fi, weren't it? Yeah, I mean, it's like we got a guy at work who's under thirty, and, and I turned around to him. Yeah, you're right, and yeah. I, I was, I was asking, oh, you know, what films have you seen? Because I'm not really into it. I think he actually asked about the podcast, and he he had no idea about. Like Zulu or the Italian Job, and I was thinking these are only films that are in the mid sixties. So these are classics. And as I said, well. do, do you watch anything like black and white? Oh no, I can't be doing. Can't be watching black and white films. And you think I've never oh, thought that. I, I, I've never. To me, oh. media just just watch. In a way, to me, black and white can sometimes look better. Oh yeah, 
especially in film noir and especially in some of them uh, Twilight Zones because it can give it a mystery yeah also it's, yeah, it's that darkness it's a way for you know I love monochrome I do mm. I think you can do a lot with black and white Oh, yeah. I think it can. Oh, no, I, well, I filmed the egg in uh, my little short film. Black yeah, Black I just think it look, can look beautiful. It look can look beautiful. No, it was. Uh, let's go back to that thing. So, done by uh, what's uh, 156 episodes, spread over five seasons. Uh, ran from uh, the original run, October the second, nineteen fifty nine to June the nineteenth, nineteen sixty four. Distributed by CBS. Actually, good. So there was a pre season pilot, right? And uh, he wrote a teleplay. This is one. Intended for it to be the pilot of the episode of a new series called The Twilight Zone, although it ended up airing on a different show yeah. called Westinghouse Desilu Playout. Uh, it's still considered the pilot episode and has even been adapted as one of the Twilight Zone radio show episodes. Now, that's another thing that's on your Blu-ray. When you go onto the episode category, it's got commentary on each episode and it's also got the radio episode. Bloody hell. Yeah. I didn't even know that. I mean, it, literally, if you was to be... If you was to put on one episode, you could watch the actual part, well, the, the second pilot, the episode, the episode with the commentary, and the radio version. No, of you can't get more than that, can you? So you're looking at really nearly three hours of stuff for one episode. Which is 22 minutes. That's fabulous, isn't it? Um, but the... Oh, and this episode is called The Time Element, written by Rod Serd and directed by Alan Reiser. And it was, it was released on November 24th, 1958. And this was the premise for it. Again, I don't know if this is on your... Probably might not be because it was on a different program, but you never know. It might be an issue. Uh, a man visits a psychoanalysis complaining about a recurring dream in which he imagines waking up in Honolulu just prior to the Japanese attack on Pearl Harbor, which takes a major psychological toll. So that was what he's doing. Again, it's what you said, though. Rod Serling was very much ahead of his time of doing stuff to do with bleakness. Now, what was that you said that he wrote that he wanted to do but wasn't allowed? Oh, God, I can't remember what you're saying, now. Wasn't it something to do with... Was there anything to do... No, I don't know. Was there anything to do with war? Racism in the South Summit? That comes up a little bit later on. Yeah, no, Actually, that's in the movie. Well, I think what you're saying now is right, that the thing about them is that they are bleak, and I think you people forget now, science fiction in the, in the 1950s hmm. was actually the most interesting it's ever been. Yeah. They talk about Star Trek, Star Wars, blah, 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 blah. They're all great. We're allowed to ship battles around. But they were actually sci-fi. Them sci-fis were about to me because they knew that the world could end at any moment. Mm. They saw it happen yeah. 15 years before. They mm. saw, you know, a population wiped off the planet. Mm. And they thought, wait a minute, we've got this power. This could happen to us. Mm. And I think that's that trickle effect in science fiction... With the day the Earth stood still, this island Earth, open worlds mm. collide. I love all them kind of films. And especially this thing. And that's why. But he does it in a right way, doesn't he? It's, it's, it's not completely bleak. Because yeah. I know he probably wouldn't get away with it then. But it just leaves that lingering... That lingering afterthought. And it's all to do really with propaganda. And it's also to do with um, paranoia. Yeah. Oh, yeah. At that time in America as well. Especially the 50s. There was an awful lot. I mean, how many people were being blacklisted in Hollywood and all that kind of stuff? Bad times. Each season, well, season four and season five had the same opening thing. So I'm just going to read you out season one. Um, and this is what I suddenly opened it with. Well, although, ironically, um, he didn't do it on that one. But still. Um, season one, there is a fifth dimension beyond that which is known to man. It is our dimension as vast as space and as timeless as infinity. In the middle ground between light and shadow, between science and superstition, and it lies between the pit 
of a man's fears and the summit of his knowledge. This is the dimension of imagination. It is an area which we call the twilight zone. Now, even in that, I love. It's brilliant, isn't it? <laughs> it's brilliant, isn't it? Because, like I said, I like that. It's gobbledygook. Right? Mm. But it sounds so brilliant. And he was thinking about things like that in the 1950s. That there is a space between science and faith and yeah, religion yeah, yeah. and that. Like I said, this is common. This is common now, but in the 1950s, this stuff wasn't happening. We say it's common now, but that's me and you said the dinner time. Oh, it isn't. What, what, what is on? Okay, no, Doctor Who starts in two weeks' time, right? Fantastic, looking forward to it. But I've always thought Doctor Who is more of a fantasy program. This is more fantasy. Oh, well, you've got the science elements of it, and that's fair enough. Yeah. And Star Trek, but there's no Star Trek on TV. No. And to me, it's not What proper, like this, kind of like oh, science yeah. fiction, kind of like... Well, uh, science. Well, would you class White Zono as more thriller? Science? It's an interesting thing, isn't it? Because he never, he never liked it. I know, Jim, what, did he, what, did he, what did he call it? He, he oh, did. it's John's classic. It's, well, it's classic science fiction. Fantasy, mystery, and suspense. So it's it's like, like I mean, there's the science fiction elements in all like quite a lot of them. We just we like spaceships and yeah. There's some of the rocket stuff's really interesting. Stuff. It was, you know, before we landed on the moon as well. It's it's quite... not always made, but oh, that's, yeah. that's why though, when you think about it, I always think Star Trek's really cool because the fact that it's like you know before we oh yeah, people moon, forget that people take it for granted now that they knew how no, they didn't, <laughs> especially in this in 1959. It was all from his mind, all from these great writers' minds that they knew about rocket travel. And some of them were a bit clunky, but a lot of them are still brilliant and yeah. still knew that people are scared. That, that, the, the, first epi- the first episode, the real proper first episode of, um, of Twilight, I'd never seen that episode before. No, I've never seen it before. Like I said, you say, it's a haunting episode, isn't it? It is a bit, because, I mean, uh, uh, when you see him walking down that street, he gets it. first of all, he walks in that diner, Unnerves me. Diners, for some unknown reason, and I've never been to America, and I, as you know, I, I love America. And it's one of those things where part of me doesn't want to go. No. Right? And you know, you know, I've always said to you that I, my idea of New York is 1980s equalizer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know I'm going to be really. Oh, yes. Yeah, it's not like that, I know. And, 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 the, and thankfully, it shouldn't be, I suppose. Oh, yeah, but nice. it's like American diners scare me. And I think it scares me because one Superman when he got battered in there, right? But that worried me. Yeah, yeah. But there's something quite haunting about it, and I think it's because I think American diners still, and I quite like it, I guess, the fact that they all still look the same. These yeah, kind yeah. of like on the side street. It's quite a lot of that in Lemonson Spa. He's really. And I went to one in uh, Cardiff where Doctor Who was filmed. Yeah. Um, but if when he walks in, that, that jazz music's playing really loud, and he's shouting, "Hey, customer here, customer here!" I've got. But he doesn't know who he is. How he's got yeah. there. And the way he's keeping it together. That's what yeah, I found. Yeah, that's the good In the way he's joking, you're yeah. thinking, you don't know, that's it, you're ne- this is his thing. Until the payoff, yeah. you never know. And I don't care if anyone who's never saw that episode before, we never work out. You yeah. could never work out what the... I don't want to spoil it. I suppose we have to talk about It's 1959. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's so a long spoiler, isn't it? Yeah. That, that, uh, you know, he's, in, he's been experimenting on to see if he can... If he can take start, traveling to the moon. And he can't. No. Well... <laughs> but I don't care. Yeah, but he's been here. How long has he been there on his own for something like four weeks? Four weeks or something. He goes he goes from that diner then, keeps on walking out. <coughs> he finds this town, which is really just, everything's silent. The mannequin in the car is quite weird. But then, you know, it's a mannequin shop. He goes in the bakery and everything like that. And you don't think that I kept thinking of. He didn't eat anything in that diner, did he? He didn't eat anything in the bakery. Yeah, yeah. And that's what was playing on my mind. I'm thinking... Does he drink anything? Yeah, what, what, what is he? You he don't know. He makes coffee, but he's not... Do you think he's dead? I just thought he's dead, did you? I thought he's walked from a car well, crash when I was first yeah, watching Yeah, I was, I was kind of thinking, 
the, what, what, what was in my mind was, is this one of these places like in Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull where it's a, a test city for an atomic bomb? Yeah, yeah, That's yeah, what yeah. I was thinking of. That's good there. And he went to the telephone rings, and I was thinking, I start ringing then. Yeah. And then, I, then as I was watching, I was thinking, I've seen this place before. Yeah, this, this is This looks very much like the place in Back to the Future. And of course, then I went on Google and tried to do it, and I found it is the same place. That's amazing. I could yeah, that that burned down three times that last. Well, yeah. <laughs> uh, 57 before that was filmed. Uh, 89 or uh, 90. Season one's also notable, of course, for the episode Time Enough. Uh, time, sorry, Time Enough at Last, which starred the wonderful Burgess Meredith. It's probably the most famous episode, isn't it? Yeah, do you, because, want, to, do you want to just say what that episode is about? It's well, it's, a very inter- it's an interesting because, yeah, again, when I watched it, it wasn't like how I remember it, but then again, I thought, have I really saw it years ago? Or is it from bits that are in everything? Yeah. So it's in The Simpsons, it's been in Family Guy. You remember it? I think The Simpsons has parodied quite a lot of Twilight Zone. Yeah, anyway, it starts off. Because the thing is, he's not the nicest bloke in the world. No, this no. is the thing with him. Yeah. You think he's a nice guy? You went, oh, he's a nice guy. Everyone's. No, he's a grumpy old bastard. Yeah, which is the reason why his wife kind of like yeah. pisses him off. Well, He's a grumpy old man who wants to be left alone. Mm. All he wants in his life is to be left alone and re- love reading, doesn't he? Yeah. Obsessed with reading. So, he goes to the bank, doesn't he? Yeah, to get his bank vault. Yeah. No, no, he works in the bank, doesn't he? That's it, he's going to, that's it. And he's got a place where he goes where he can be left alone, which is the bank vault. Yeah. He goes in the bank vault and then there's a... Rumbling, rumbling the door. Rumbling the door. what's going on? Then he walks out and it's the end of the world. Yeah. Or whatever you want to... I don't know whatever that... But yeah, really like. of course, he wouldn't be able to survive that because if he, as soon as he walks up outside... Yeah, yeah, we've sort of got to give up on that. So what he <laughs> tries to do, he thinks... Uh, at first, he's a bit upset about his wife. Mm. But then he ain't upset about his wife, is no, he? No, he just thinks about his books. All he thinks about is his books. Brilliant, I can be left. I've got a lot... To, no, at first, he's really upset, isn't he? He's yeah. crying. How's he going to survive? What are they going to survive? But they don't get any realises what he likes being on his own. <laughs> and in the, in, with his books so he collects all these books and he's got them everywhere hasn't mm. he and he's really happy then he can be left alone or not to grab food or anything like that but then the classic Twilight Zone thing happens his glasses fall off and smash yeah so basically he's going to be tempted for the rest of his life there's a there's a, there's a kind of um, thing for that isn't it It's there's almost like um I'm reluctant to say a religious point of view of it, but there's the kind of thing of like you're being tortured for the rest of your life for you know there's a lot of lots of people talk about the episode there's a lot lots in it and there's interesting because it's very better but he's never seen you're never sympathetic for him mm. in a way like you're thinking you read it again as a kid oh you feel really sorry for me but you feel no you, you, you're a bit of a kid you know? what did you watch first Rocky or Batman uh, Rocky right so when you went and saw Batman with the the TV series Batman, right? And you saw the Penguin. Did you did you know that that was no. the same person? No, no I didn't. Like, no. I didn't. That's what a good actor he was, wasn't he? Yeah. Oh, he's such a good actor. Such a shame. And he was such a man for a long time. Oh yeah, yeah. Because he was neat. He wasn't his actors. He never looked young. Did they like Peter Cushing? No, Peter Cushing. Peter Cushing saw a picture twenty one. He still looked really old, didn't he? I love David Jason. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Does anyway. Um, okay, so uh, season two had a slightly different opening. Well, this was ran from nineteen sixty to nineteen sixty one, and this was it. You are travelling through another dimension. Dimension not only of sight and sound, but of mind. A journey into a wondrous land whose boundaries are that of imagination. That's the signpost up ahead. You are next up, the Twilight Zone. So that was the next one. Uh, now, I, we haven't got much information on the two and three and four, because we haven't, we haven't bought them yet. Have I haven't, I've got, I've got two coming. 
I'll just buy a house so I don't think I'm worth it. I've bought loads of Blu-rays. Uh. Uh, so season uh, season three, sixty-one to sixty-two, had a very similar uh, opening thing, and season four was was different. And this was season four. You unlock this door with the key of imagination. Beyond this is another yeah. dimension, a dimension of sound, a dimension of sight, and a dimension of mind. You're moving into the land of both shadow and substance, of things and ideas. You've just crossed over into the twilight zone. Season five, of course, had the most possibly the most well-known episode of The Twilight Zone, remade, of course, in the film, was Nightmare oh, at 20,000 feet. Mainly because of William Shatner's really, really bad acting, in it? Oh, I don't but think he's bad in I that. love him. No, it's so theatrical. It is. This, well, that, that, that's because... Shatner this is a time, though, where... Actor. I always think with TV in the late 50s, early 60s, it was an interesting time because... Loads of actors who wouldn't touch TV yeah. realised that theatre was dying, yeah. that to go into TV. Mm-hmm. And they still were doing the same acting. <laughs> now, we went and saw theatrical acting, when we saw us, ah! <laughs> and right, it, when you're not used to it, it looks odd. Yeah. But to see that on screen with William Shatner, go, <laughs> but I love it because I love Shatner. I love Shatner. I love Shatner. Go and that is an amazing episode, though. Oh, yeah. No, when, what, what year was that? He's wearing an amazing eyeliner in that as well, because... William Shatner, a lot better than Arnold, didn't he? He did. Well, this was 64, right? Um, so he's two years off from playing Kirk. So he's wigged at this point. Was he? Yeah. Ah. So he's wigged. Wigged at this point. I don't know if he's gurgled. <laughs> that's, that's not true. He didn't, wear a girl. he didn't wear a girl in any Star Trek thing. He wore a wig. Yeah. And anyone who says he didn't wear a wig is a liar. Now, I've studied this. I you know, <laughs> you've studied this. I've found that there is a website called um, uh, Shatner's... Oh, is it called Shatner's Toupee or something like that? And it's addictive. Yeah. It is really addictive. It's a bit like... Um, he needs to do it one time at a... a st- is that one in London? Someone should shout, get that bloody wig off. Well, it's a, it's a thing, you know, isn't it? Wig. It's a flat wig now. Oh, yeah. Because at the end of his book, which is a wonderful biography that he's done, and at the end he turns around and goes, we all should have a mystery, such as, did I wear a wig? <laughs> yeah, yeah, so yeah, he yeah, knows yeah. what he's doing. He knows yeah, that yeah. a bit. But you, you can tell because... Well, he's, he's a person who started off a bit of a get... Then, no, started off all right, went a bit of a git, and now he's lightened up in here the last 10 years. He's lightened up. I think up. he's lightened up over the past 20 years, really. Yeah. I just think, I don't know, people always turn around and say, oh, William Shatner was an arse to work with because of, you know, he hugged the camera. But he was the star. But he was the star. And so, when you're the star of the show, you kind of like, you want the lines and all that. And yeah, he might not have been the nicest person to work with, but you were saying that about David Duchovny, weren't you? Well, interesting. I'm just uh, going through an X-Files craze at the moment. Well, I would like to do the X-Files at some point. Mm. Uh, but the really hard to watch because they're so dated. X-Files or Twin Peaks? What, what would you choose out of two? X-Files. Oh, wow. I weren't a Twin Peaks fan. Yeah, I thought you loved Twin Peaks. Yeah, nah, you, know, what, you know, I loved it at the time. Well, was it just Sherilyn Penn? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I watched it recently because uh, my wife's, well, my sister-in-law is really into it and she put and I couldn't, I couldn't get with it. It was just really slow. And I think I was, I must Your have been just... sister-in-law? My uh, sister-in-law, no, no, that means my sister-in-law. <laughs> uh, so I just couldn't get with it. I know people are going to hate me for that because, you know, I, I like everyone. They're all comic company. I love like David Lynch. But I don't know, it's just a bit slow. But, uh, uh, but X-Files, I am really loving it. But David Duchovny yeah. was a proper arsehole. Oh, really? And the worst one, like I told you when he made them move the whole thing, the whole f- the filming, the yeah. one was in Series 7 when he was only in three episodes and he made them put his face on the cover. Oh, really? Yeah, he's, the, he's got a massive picture of his face. Oh, there was in the background. Wasn't, wasn't it the guy 
from Terminator 2. Robert Patrick. Yeah. He, won, he was bought in because I thought, oh, he might be able to replace him because people love him. But he was never given a chance because David Duchovny wouldn't did all, wouldn't let him do any advertising. That had his face on everything. So I didn't know who he was. Nice. But I think he's gone through that because I think he he, he had a sex addiction. <laughs> so uh, I oh, think I'd sex addiction. You mean you no, were just getting a lot of it? You just getting a lot of it, you bastard. Yeah, you, you just become famous and you were not. Yeah, and you just get and right, and I think. Again, it's hard to think now how big the X Files bloody was. Mm. Where the theme tune got to number one. Yeah, when you think. Where there were songs by Catatonia that were about Mulder and Scully. Where the where the Simpsons had its own episode where they were in it. That's how big it. And it still feels we big. Used to, mate. And we used to watch X Files and we live with each other. Right? I, I, like I said, not yet again. It's a bit like the Twilight Zone, isn't it? You've got a uh, you know you've got a hit and miss ratio. Yeah. Not every episode is great, and you know, especially watching the first. Series one is not. I'm watching the first at the moment. You can see where they're still working on the how. Like, tell you what's different. The relationship's not quite right yet with it. Yeah. Day, you know, you think of Maud, that spooky Maud, as being really funny, don't you? Mm. He's not that funny in the first one, and you think of her being a bit more sassy. She's not. She's a bit more nerdy in the first one. I think they were working on it in process. Progress, but the one thing, the best thing about what you like about it is like you can have a man and a woman together, mm. and it's not about sexual tension, which is why I think they ruined it in the end. Exactly when it all went wrong because they didn't know where to go with it. Mm. But all these was to do with the coffee. This is the thing you see: is the fact that you can be mates with a woman without knobbing them. Of course you can. Yeah, yeah. But this is the coffee. I think like these actors when you're that big, mm. I think it changes the way they are. Yeah, we have often on from stories. I know. Yeah. So anyway, there was a massive gap. Um, between obviously uh, 1964 um, to 1983, so it was 30 years because the Twilight Zone, the movie came out. Now this was a uh, an idea of Steven Spielberg. It was directed by John Landis. Um, so the, there's quite a few people. There's John Landis, uh, jo, uh, Joe Dante, George Miller. It's written by John Landis, apart from obviously the ones that was a remake. John Landis, man, there he's a he, he died this year. Was this year last year? John Landis isn't dead. I'm thinking of, uh, no, I'm thinking of uh, Egon. And I... You're thinking of uh, Harold Ramis. Harold Ramis will get them. I was going to ask thinking. No, John Landis. He's like uh, he's. People talk about how influential Spielberg is. Mm, I think it's more John Landis. I do. Oh yeah. And he's still making good stuff. Here's a list of all the people that was in uh, Twilight Zone movie. Dan Aykroyd, who does the opening thing. Hey, do you want to see something really scary? Uh, Albert Brooks, Scatman Crothers. Who's Scatman Crothers? Most well known for doing uh, Sean, isn't it? Yeah, and oh, uh, cartoon. Uh, yeah, uh, Jungle Book. No. What? Is it Jungle Book? Hong Kong for people. Oh, do, do, uh, that's my thing. Do you know the doing um, Weta? Yeah. Who uh, are doing a Jungle Book? Oh, and they're going to do all the animals like they've done uh, Planet of the Apes. Oh, so Andy Serkis got employment. Oh, we know he's doing all of them. We can do all of them. Well, I don't know. No, it, it was just saying musical or a serious one. I've got no idea. I don't know if they're doing the book because there is a film, isn't there? There's oh, an old the film. Kipling. Yeah, I don't know if they're keep on all the doing. I want to be like. I don't know. I don't know. That was. I want to be like you. That's everyone knows that song, doesn't that? But I don't know. But not not done like a barbershop boy. But imagine how amazing that's going to be. Mm. Is it going to be pushing the loads of time? Are they going to be pushing the um, technology too far? But where have not let me down anything. You know what? I, I still maintain. Now, as you know, I'm not. I'm refusing to watch those Planet of the Apes films because I want to buy them all in one go and watch them all in one go. Mm. Um, but I tell you what, I still, I still say. Okay, the first Lord of the Rings where you see Gollum, you don't really see him much, and there is some of the effects are a little. You were saying that, yeah, some of it. And I'm and I'm really being critical there, and and it's. I don't know. But I tell you what, when you see Gollum in Two Towers, in the second film, he still looks amazing. He still looks really scarily good. 
Now, I know that's a mixture because of Andy Serkis is such a good actor, but it's also pure credit to Weta at the end of the day. And I still, I still, I, I, they outdo any. Yeah, other and I've been industrial light and magic, no. but I'm not being funny. Look at their, look at their effect. Watch them back. Yeah. When we talk about the Phantom Menace, mm-hmm. we'll talk about Ireland. What were how amazing all that. A lot, a lot of the things that we thought was actually um, computer graphics is actually models. <laughs> in uh, the, but it's no, it's still, it's. Still, I mean, all right, they built the engines and stuff like that. But I mean, Weta just, and I think the thing is with Weta is the fact that because of where they are, and you have got more of that laid back attitude. There, it comes yeah. shows in their work where they take the time. Take the time. They, they, even though, when, look, I know the Hobbit films, I know they're not your to, but I mean, they're kind of like, there's a lot more CGI in these than there was in Lord of the Rings. They won't hand slightly. But they still handcraft all the swords. They still, you know, go yeah, yeah. and make the sets and they still make the costumes and they still do this and that. And, and it shows, it shows. It's like, you know, we've always said about Arden and animation. The reason why they're is because, because you see thumbprints on them. You know, you know it's real at the end of the day. Well, the thing as well is I know the wetter stuff. I know this is a really minor quibble, but what a lot of the problem people have with the stuff with the Star Wars stuff is mm. it seems weightless, doesn't it? Yeah. Right. Mm. Yeah, it, the, the, the worst thing about them is they all look weightless. Look, now, the droids look like they're floating, look now. Yeah, yeah. They've got white, wetter stuff. It looks real. Yeah, Even yeah. though you know it's not bloody no, real. Course, no. But it's got... And that's the thing with the with the, the, the apes movies. Uh, you know, I love mm. all the plenty of stuff anyway, all of it. Uh, there's so much gravitas with these characters. Yeah, like I said, I nearly cried mm. at the CGI thing. I never thought I'd see that. I didn't quite cry. Uh, but it got me wowed up, and I thought, my God, I'm, I'm wowed up, and I thought, that's where I... When I'm watching mm. Ireland, I was thinking, yes, yeah, CGI. Um, go back to, uh, yeah, uh, so all the people in uh, uh, Twilight Zone movie, that was a few hours eh? Uh John Lithgow, the wonderful John who of course, of course took over well did the remake of uh, the Shatner one Vic Moreau uh, Kathleen Quinlan he was narrated by Burgess Meredith and of course he was based on Rod Serling's um, initial concept uh, budget of 10 million made 29 million which is not bad June 24th 1983 especially when it was a lot it was a lot more adult than the series oh, yeah. as well wasn't it that's the thing what stands out in Twilight Zone the movie for you are we no. talking about what happened off no, set? No, 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 no. That, yeah, that, no, no, we'll no, talk no, about that in a minute. We'll talk about that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, it, well, it's the Danak right bit at the beginning. Yeah. Exactly. That really is the thing, that, the, the, the most that sticks in. And the story with the little girl. The little girl? Or the little boy? Or little, you know, the little boy who takes the teacher home. Yeah, yeah. I'm, you know, in the, in the thing is, that's an old one, that, and then they think it's a little girl in the yeah. original. That's why I'm saying little girl. Is that story? Yeah. I, I agree because it's, it's the disturbing. Girl, it's, it's the girl. It's not gory, his, or No, no. It's his sister who's watching telly, watches the yeah. cartoons on her. And the, the woman turns around and says, Hi, how are you? He goes, Oh, you, she, she's, she can't talk to you. She's not very well. And, the, and they walk off and the camera pans around and she's sitting there and she's got no mouth. Yeah. And it's so well done. Where it's just an eyes staring at a TV. That's never left me. That and the rabbit being pulled out of the hat, where it's like a, an evil demon rabbit. I don't know what it is, but that, I, I've, you know what? I've not seen Twilight Zone the movie for a long time. It's one of those never on a lot, is it? No, and I think I don't know whether I don't know whether watching it now I think oh, that's effects are really bad. Yeah, yeah. But the image of that girl with no mouth is just stunning. Yeah, because it's so simple, so simple. I think what happened after with the around the film as well. I think it always tarnished, not tarnished. If that's the wrong thing to say. But it sort of never got the love because people were thinking of what had happened. Yeah. It sort of left a... A bit of a bad taste. It did, 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 it
someone no well, 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 yeah, okay well, well what Cal's talking about there is there's a sequence um, in which John it's a Mann's great it's a great it. little bit as well that is about races isn't it bigger it is yeah it's cool it's, I think is it Time Ace I think it's Time Ace oh yeah, he's like the one with Scott covers kick the can. He's, he's just brilliant. That's about like all the old people suddenly being young. Um, yeah, the, the John Landis one was was starred Vic Moreau as a racist um, individual who is sitting in a bar and he's just saying how he hates blacks and he hates Jews and he hates all these. And there's loads of people looking at him. And he walks out and he suddenly finds himself in each segment yeah, yeah. In, in a situation in which he's living what those people had to go through. There's a Nazi one. So there's a Nazi one, so obviously he's being persecuted. Yeah. Vietnam. The Vietnam one is there too. Uh, yeah, he goes to Vietnam, and then he escapes Vietnam, and then he finds himself uh, in the deep south in which he's being tormented by the, I think it's the Ku Klux Klan. But anyway, there's severe racism going on. And it's the whole point of him realising how bigoted he is. And they filmed another segment which is because I had to it all together for the film, but I filmed another segment in which he got he returns back to Vietnam to redeem himself by saving two children. And um, he picks up these two kids and, and there's a load of explosions going on. And what happened was, one, the two kids were actually uh, illegal um, because you're not allowed, at that point, I don't know now, but you weren't allowed to use child actors after seven o'clock. But yeah. Landis was filming this at like ten and a half, ten at night. And they said, weren't you sure? The chopper pilot was not communicating with the, the explosions guy. And one of the explosions went off too close to the helicopter, which sent it in a spin. Yeah, yeah, Moreau was underneath carrying the two kids. And you can actually... I'm not saying that... No, I know, because you can, you can see. I'm not saying you should, you should. But as in life, there's always the... What's it called? Curiosity kills the cat. And you can see this actual footage. You don't see what happens to it, thank goodness. But unfortunately, the possibility blows the helicopter out and it falls down. Vic Moreau and one of the child was decapitated and mangled in the rotary blades and the other, the other little kid was just crushed. They died instantly. And I'm, I'm not saying that, but I mean, I suppose thankfully they died instantly. But you actually see in the footage of YouTube, you see the helicopter go down and you see them underneath it as the helicopter lands on them. Obviously you don't see anything, you just see things flying out. I mean, it could be that, I don't know. Yeah, it's, yeah, hard, yeah. it's horrible to think about. It's meant that happened on a film because on a film now show, you wouldn't have, that, that would shut the film down, wouldn't it? Well, there'd be a lot more security going on there. And Landis was taken to court and he, he was found guilty for, for having child actors, I think, but he wasn't found guilty of murder, which is what the prosecutor wanted to gain for because obviously it wasn't, you know, it was just a freakish accident, but it is a tragic thing, and it does whatever you say. It mars the film, and oh, there's no you doubt can't, you can't help but watch Vic Moreau and know that this is an actor who is very well known, who is you know his family lost him, and also the two kids at such a young age. You know, it's, it's it is tragic, and again, it's it's horrible that you can see that actually on YouTube. It's like the thing I think that's the worst thing about YouTube. Oh yeah, some things you're not meant to see. Well, I said to you the other day that where there was this guy who. You know, and look, he got what he was at. He got what he deserved. He, he filmed himself punching a dog, right? I mean, you know, uh, we all animal lovers, especially Britain, we all animal lovers, anywhere there. And yeah, he was he was fallen, and he was punching his dog. The dog must have weed on the floor, and I haven't seen for the dog. Now I saw someone posted it on Facebook, right? And and but the other side of this picture was this he, this somebody had found this guy, and so filmed this guy getting punched in the face. So there's kind of retribution. It's like, oh, how do you like it? Yeah. But you don't, you, you know, part of you is going, yeah, you deserve that, but I don't want to see it. I no. don't want to see it. And you see his nose get broken no. and like that. Like and I said this, I, you know, I love screen violence because it's not real. It's not real, yeah. I don't want to see real no. violence. If I see a fight, I find it, it makes me feel sick. That's why I don't like boxing. No, I don't, you know, no. I, you know, 
stylized violence. It's all in goo and ketchup and gore. Yeah. It doesn't bother me. Yeah, yeah. But no, I'm the same. I want to say that. Even though he deserved it. Yeah, but it's not... it is early, but I don't. I didn't want to say it. it's a bit. I mean, me and you, you know, years ago when they brought that uh, Woolworths had that torture. You remember they had that torture DVD video out? That's mad to think there was something like that in Woolworths. In Woolworths, and I got executions. Hold of it. Executions, it was called. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And oh, it no. was like because I think it was one of the combats, the face of the death, and and I remember having it and. And it got banned pretty quickly. It took off the shelves. Exactly. And, and but loads of people wanted copies of it, so I ran off loads of copies. But because I had to edit it, because I saw the end of that no, scene. Stone, this is Stone. It, no, he was being shot. The guy who um, oh, I mean, he's gasping for air. The will of Allah, uh, or something like that. And he, and you saw the bullet go through his face, and his jaw was locked out like that. And this scared quite macabre, wasn't it? Yeah. And just seeing a man's dying breath. Oh, yeah, yeah. I couldn't. I, I no, 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 no. I don't know. It's horrible, wasn't yeah. it? And I vowed, I vowed that I, I'd never ever put myself in the vision of season like that again. And it's just, you know, and I think as well as you get older as well. When you're younger, you're kind of like, ah, yeah, especially yeah. that. If we loved everything. Everyone, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and we, we were quite into trying to get hold of banned films like yeah. Faces of Death and all that kind of stuff. But now the thought of that sickened me. Even yeah, even Faces Death is all fakes. Oh, I love it. He's fakes. But that ain't that ain't that, that ain't that weren't. No, is that, that stone? Ain't that's yeah, it's like, oh, no. Well, again, also it's also the realism of how barbaric people still are in in this world. Mm-hmm. And I think the older you get, the more. And I don't want to say I don't want to say I'm pessimistic, but the more kind of like, you know, you kind of worry about your life, don't you? Really, to a certain degree, more than anything. Um, anyway, after the film, um, the series was brought back in again. You would bring your cat. Listen to Waffle Line next time. <laughs> uh, hey, we had uh, the season came back for three seasons from yeah. 1985 to 1989. This is what we remember as a semi player theme tune. And the opening one was Shatterday, starring a very young Bruce Willis playing Peter J. Novins. And I love that episode. That, yeah, is that the one where he's um, the, the socially ostracising from everybody? Is that that one? No, he's a massive douche, right? He's in a seat in the bar, he opens up, he's sitting in his bar, and he's sitting in there, he's a drink, and you know what they like, early in the peanuts and that. And he goes, hey, can I use your phone? And he picks up the phone, and he dials a number. And then he stops and looks at and he goes, can you believe it? Because I've just dialed my own number. And suddenly you hear a voice go, hello? And he looks and he goes, hello? And he goes, yeah, and he goes, uh, what do you want? And he goes, oh, sorry, I dialed the wrong number. And he goes, what number is you after? And he says, like, 555-3271. He goes, this is 555-3271. And he goes, can you five five eight? He goes, he goes, who's this? And he goes, Peter Novins. He goes, I'm Peter Novins. He goes, what are you doing my part? And he thinks about it. And it turns out it's the exact version of him. But this version of him is taking over his life because he's wasted his life. He's been horrible. He was oh, yeah, his yeah, girlfriend. Yeah. Just thought he took on a job that was like, you know, morally not saying. And it's called Shatterday because he goes from Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And it's wonderfully played by Bruce Willis. And it's pre-moonlighting because uh, he's got more hair. Uh, yeah, yeah, so you yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's a wonderful, wonderful episode. Well, I said I'd love them, but yeah. the, the terrible versions you can get, they're still not yeah. remastered. Man, you love how they can remaster a Blu ray from 1959, but something that's only 30 years ago, they look terrible because all the 80s ones look terrible, don't they? Yeah, I mean, the Equalizer, the Equalizer actually looks pretty good. I must admit, that that's pretty good. But it's like the BBC, we've let all creatures back. The worst one, that, and I'm sure we said this many a time on Waffle Line, is Michael Palin's Around the World in Eight Days. Now, I love that series. It's a beautiful yeah. series. So well shot. Paling's fabulous. But it's just a video transfer. Yeah. And you put a video transfer DVD onto a Blu-ray, because I play all my, my DVDs from a Blu-ray player, yeah. on a HD TV. It's scratchy. You see hair on the lens and scratches and everything. No, it's BBC, man. They're just... 
They're going to spend all this money on the digital stuff. Well, I'm fucking doing it all up. But I think that was the problem with the 80s. I think were, it was all different format and everything. It's all got that fuzzy, fuzzy yeah, cloudy, like, gasoline on next, the screen. Next generation, first two seasons. Mm. Even on the well, net. Well, not so much now because the remastered Blu-ray. They actually did them up, didn't they? Now, after that one, after the first series, we went off uh, air again. In 2002, a new series came out called The New Twilight Zone. I don't know that one. Yeah, it was uh, narrated by, I think, Forrest Whitaker. I haven't got that in front of me, I'm just guessing. He had 44 episodes and ran from 18th of September 2002 to May the 21st. 2003. I don't know that uh, Obviously, unsurprisingly, apparently, it didn't do very well and got cancelled pretty quickly. Now, I've got a question for you. Not for a million pounds. <laughs> <laughs> um, outer Limits or The Twilight Zone? Uh, well... Uh, oh, hold on. Or Tales of the Unexpected. Tales, but no, we're saying it. Is that it? I think I was a bit young for the Tales from the Unexpected. I remember it being on. It was on a Sunday night, wasn't it? It was a Sunday night. I, I just don't really remember it, really. I remember I was old, my mum was always making me go to bed. Uh, I'd say Twilight Zone because uh, I just think it's purer. It's more, I know, it's a bit more gentle. Mm-hmm. I love the Outer Limits. I love that, but they were always a lot bleaker. Very bleak. Bleak. And, and the 60s ones are not well, classic. I, I think Tales of the Expect is really bleak because it's devised by Roald Dahl. Yeah, you, know, yeah. you, you forget how I mean, but, I mean did, you, did you know that? Um, I did know this, but I mean, this isn't anything new. I mean, Roald Dahl wrote Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. As long as Live and Let Die. I didn't know that. Yeah. He was an amazing person, was he? Was. And he had he wrote all of his stuff in his shed at the bottom of the garden. Did he? Mm. That's been looked after now, National Heritage. That's very English, isn't it? Yeah, there was a program on the other day about yeah, I knew that anyway, but the only reason why I thought that is because there was a program called George Clark you know George Clark, the architect. George Clark's amazing sheds. We are Britain. And I, I thought to myself, Dan Hughes, he made his own shed, didn't he? For yeah. uh, Mid Mo Club. I was thinking of him straight away. Would you do it? Yeah, I'll make a shed. To be fair, the other day, I was in the garden centre. Actually, I was in the garden centre. We are, we're seriously walking there. And, uh, because that's going to get some stuff. And I, there's a lovely little playground there. And Isla went off and was playing there. And one of her school chums was there. So and I sat there and I thought to myself, I was looking around at all the plants and everything like that. And there's some sheds. And I thought, when I was a kid, the thought of going to a garden centre with my mum and dad. Oh, that's right. I hated it. And here I am. At a garden centre looking at sheds. You do become your parents, you can't help it. That's yeah. I do like them, I like my gardens. It's called genetics. I started going, I, I, I no, pulled no. up a load of plants. Me, I pulled up a load of plants up with that. I was digging, I thought I was doing Natalie a favour. No. I think these are all dead, didn't I? They weren't no daffodils. No, you mean you like cutting them all? I don't know, I don't know. <laughs> you mean I like sitting you, in your garden? Yeah, that's what you are, Now, do you think, we were saying earlier on, I know we touched upon it, that there isn't anything on TV that, like the Twilight Zone again, and I honestly believe uh, you could do the Twilight Zone again. Don't if you don't want to call it the Twilight Zone, so you don't want to, you don't want people. Well, I can't believe there's not why, why not bring back a series which has just individual episodes yeah. written and directed by different people, starring brilliant for writers, people. brilliant for writers, brilliant for up and coming actors. Exactly, it's a it's a training ground, especially that Twilight Zone. A lot of them writers went on to write a lot of science fiction, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? Wrote Star Trek episodes. Where have you got now? You haven't got that. You've got nowhere. You know. Sky Arts did their Playhouse Presents, didn't they? Mm-hmm. Which was an old style, that, weren't it? Which was, you know... Yeah, but like, arm, like armchair thing. Yeah, yeah, a bit of everything will be up, but not... Mm-hmm. Like I said, the TV now has got a thing against science fiction, and I don't know why, because science fiction can be is a wide scope. Like I said, it don't have to be ships. It can be about a man sitting in a room. Yeah. As long as it's scientifically fictional, you know, it's about something other than what's happening. Well, that's, I think a lot of people think that science fiction is just dressing up. Well, no, it's like, like everything, the worst parts of it get 
famous that now you're... I've not got nothing against cosplay and all that. No, no, no. But to me, right. it's about the writing. It's about the writing. It's about ideas, isn't it? That's oh, what yeah. I'm So that's our Twilight Zone episode. Uh, so we'll be back. Uh, well, Carol won't be. I will uh, see you in two months. We've all been, uh, all been well. You'll be moving to a nice yeah. place. And which Waffle on, we'll have a new studio. We'll have a new studio. We'll have a new studio. Yeah, studio. Yeah. Um, so I'll be back with uh, Pete Carmen uh, for a podcast about racing films. More details about that, I'm sure, in a couple of weeks. Then hopefully we'll have The Office, uh, The Phantom Menace commentary. Yeah. And there was something else that I wanted to talk to you about, but it's gone out my mind. No, we are going to do Vic, we are going to do some Vic Reeves stuff eventually, aren't we? Uh, yeah, because we, we do love Vic Reeves. Yeah. Don't, don't, when we talk about that, we scrap that episode. It wasn't because it was bad. It's just that things were going on in our life then that mm. ruined the episode. But I don't we think both we, love Vic Reeves. Yeah, I don't think we did it justice. No, no, we love Vic Reeves. Oh, now, before we go, we do have, uh, we set up an Amazon affiliate account. Oh. Now, this does not cost anyone any money at all. Don't get it. All it is is. If you click that link, it'll just take you to Amazon, log into you, you know, do what you want to do, whatever. But if you click on that, then it gets registered that comes from Waffle On. We get something like 0.001 pence. So far, we've had three clicks. And that was me, Natalie, <laughs> and I think Isla when she pressed the one button on something oh, yeah. first. Um, so if you want to help out Waffle and not spend any money and not, to, not to, you know, cost you anything, please do click that. Yeah, go and get yourself. The first season. The first season Twilight Zone. In fact, do Twi- that. Click on it. Do you want to know how much it was? £15. Oh, God, really? No, I'm buying it. Mates, they're on there, 15 quid. They're all oh, on there. All the 15 quid each. Yeah. yeah. There's an expression, bang for your book. That's bang. what you get for that. I love that expression. Bang yeah, you do get bang for your book there, don't you? So click on the link. You'll find it on our pod ba- uh, Podbean page and also on our Facebook page. And of course, if you want to donate to the podcast, you can do that via PayPal. All the information's there. Send us in your comments, whether good or bad. We always like a good bit of mm-hmm. argument. And of course, iTunes reviews, or I think there's reviews on Stitcher now. Any review, if you want to stick us up some stars, be honest. We're not asking for, you know, just be honest. Uh, and of course, if you slag us off, of course, be prepared to be uh, uh, slagged off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so thanks for listening, and we'll see you all soon. Bye. Have you ever wanted to share something with someone just because? Well, we do a lot. So we started a podcast about, well, whatever we want. My name is Joyce. And I'm her lovely husband, Al. Uh, Well, you know what I mean. Hey, it's me, Al. Listen, I'm hijacking the Just Because podcast to start a new series all about the wonderful world of voice acting. Each episode, I'll have a professional voice actor on and ask them some serious, hard-hitting questions to get to the bottom of this in a world. You know, world. If you've ever wanted to know about the inner workings of this magical and mystical business, tune into Just Because, inside the voiceover studio. Tune in at JustBecausePodcast.com and on iTunes. If you would like to voice your opinions in written or vocal form, then please do email the lads at waffleonpodcast at gmail.com and await your views to be aired and then royally torn apart or praised. If you stalk the Internet and hide in such social networks as Facebook, then why not join the group page? It's easy to do. Just type Waffle On Podcast in the search bar, find the page, and join. This has been a Waffle On production. Copyright Simon Meddings and Mark C. Kelly. We're seeing you.
Tuesday moving fast, heads up, mind that blast. It's hard to sleep, it's DEFCON 1. Can't get no sleep, lots of chicken ticks up. No time to fear, it's DEFCON 1. No time to eat, so get me some Big Mac fries to go. Give me Big Mac fries to go. Give me Big Mac fries to go. Give me Big Mac, give me fries to go. Price to go, give me Big Mac, price to go, give me Big Mac, give me price to go. 